This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi healers, it's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. 
BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And this is episode 12, right? Yeah. (laughs) I'm so excited that we're at a point where I actually can't remember the number of the episode because that means that we're on a roll. Like, I love that. Um, Three months. So I know today we're going to talk about an awesome topic. We are talking about social anxiety today per request from lots of the healers on the IG. And so before we tap into that, obviously, Taylor and I are going to talk to you and update you a little bit on our lives. Um, We know you guys just love hearing all about all that, I think. If you don't like hearing about our lives, please let us know because we obviously want to talk about things that you guys care about. Um, but you know, since Taylor and I do struggle with our own anxiety, we think it's, um, you know, a good thing to share our lives with you guys. We are very open and honest about all that. So, um, I just want to make sure that you know that and that you can relate. Um, so Taylor, how have you been? I'm currently having a lot of anxiety guys. <laughs> yes, I, even like, like my, my palms are super sweaty right now and I'm just like overthinking everything. So my fiance's family was in town this last weekend and we, we went to this one restaurant and it just felt like there was a ton of people who just did not care about COVID. And then like his mom said, Oh, I hope we didn't get COVID. So it was like those two thoughts. And then I watched the news and it was like, COVID cases are ticking up in the Dallas area. And I'm like, so that's a third thought. So today I'm just like all, it's like I'm in my head with those three thoughts. So I know I'm like manifesting, feeling all these symptoms. Like I was like, you know, I feel a little bit of short breath. I feel like, so I'm just like, I'm doing that right Girl. now. But also I was telling Allison that like I overwork myself. Like when people come to visit or stay at my house, I am like the hostess of the hostess. Like I feel like I have to be like all hands on deck, cook breakfast for everyone, cook everything, make sure everyone's happy, all that stuff. So it's like I'm allowed to feel exhausted right now. Like it was like, go, 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 go. And I'm such like a – I can be – I can like – are you like this, Allison? Like I can like turn on extrovert, but I am such an introvert. Oh my gosh, I totally. turn it on because I feel like it's the perfectionist in me that's like, you have to be likable. You have to be, you know, but like on the inside, like people think I'm so outgoing, but on the inside, I'm like, we'll talk about this with the social anxiety today, oh but God. on the inside, I'm like crumbling. Totally like, no. me. I actually took a test once online. It was like a free like to test to see if you're an extrovert or introvert and I'm like an ambivert, which is basically both or something. Like I... 
I um I get my I get energy from being around other people and I do love it, but there is a point where I can't take it anymore and I actually need to isolate myself for a little bit in order to get that energy back. Oh, I go in, I go into full on like hibernation mode after like one busy weekend. I'm like, I need a week of like, no one talk to me. Like I got to recoup. Like I can't. And I was like, yes, that's definitely me because I know my threshold for that. And, and I also know my moods when, if I do have a social event, again, we're getting into this, but if I have a social event coming up or something, if that day I'm not feeling it. It's so hard for me to get into my on mode, like quote unquote, oh, yeah. being on. Because sometimes being in those situations is like me being on, even though I want to be myself. Sometimes I just want to like not talk to anybody. I'll be there, but like don't talk to me, okay? <laughs> Can I ask you something? I want to know if this is uh, not just me because I've actually never like talked about this or talked to anyone about this. But like, if say you have an event at seven p.m., right? Can you really get anything done that whole day? Or are oh my you like gosh. so focused on like when I need to get ready, when I need to start doing this, when I need to like have – like I feel like That's I am – I cannot be productive on days I have events. No, that is such a good question. I, honestly, I think you're right. Like I can't either. I need to. And if I – if I, I have, have 10 hours, if I have something coming up like huge, like, may, like say, you know, I had like a wedding that night or like um, yeah. a big type of event or maybe even like a concert or something – I literally can't have two huge things in a day. It needs to be relaxed. Like I have to, I have to do my self care, and I have to just like be more relaxed during that day up until that time. I can't like. Sometimes I spend the whole day focused on like that event. That like by the time I get to the event, I'm so exhausted because I'm like (laughs) I stress out about this the whole day. Like. Uh, Um, It's the worst thing. Sometimes I hate – that's why I hate plans because I know my whole day is going to be like – I can't – even if I had five hours to work on stuff, like I couldn't use those five hours or be productive. Can I just tell you what's so funny when you talked about plans? So you guys all know I've been seeing someone, dating someone. I – and the same exact – like you just said, like sometimes it's good. I actually loved not having plans until I met him. And now I'm like, can you plan something (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> now I'm like my brain I'm like um hello I think that's just part of obviously dating. wanting to spend time with him yeah, yeah and dating and in my mind it's funny hearing you say that because I'm like oh wait now I like want him to make plans but before I met him it's like I hated having plans hey now that we're on the talk though of him fill us all in okay so I was telling Taylor before we started that um I think I figured out in the past like week or two well, I think I maybe didn't – I just didn't know the name of it, but but the way I respond in relationships is very much like an attachment – an anxious attachment style. So that's actually something we're going to do an episode on, you guys. So if you feel like – there's four different types of attachment styles, and I'm not going to get all, into all of that today, but we're going to talk – we're going to have an episode about that. So if you guys are looking forward to kind of – learning about attachment styles and they have to do a lot with our relationships, not just romantically, but like relationships in our lives. And primarily the concept is, and again, I am not an expert in attachment. So we might actually maybe even get like a a licensed therapist who actually does couple work and stuff. We'll see. Um, But yeah, I'm thinking I have a couple people I know that could come on, but there's basically a secure and insecure attachment. So in 
depending on the kind of type of family and the parents you had and the way you grew up, secure attachment is a very like healthy type of attachment that um, follows you throughout your adulthood. And insecure, there's a couple different attachments that are insecure attachments, which means you just like struggle in relationships. That's totally the non-clinical fast uh, version of that. But anyway, I have figured out that I am a more anxious attachment type of person when I'm in relationships. Now, I haven't been in many, so I think that's why I'm starting to recognize patterns in myself. And I'm just going to read a couple things to you about anxious attachment style, which is like 10 signs of them. I won't read all 10, but I'm going to tell you the ones that I can identify in myself right now. So over overanalyzing and worrying excessively about relationships. Okay. Been doing that for about two months since I met like, him. Like, do you think you think like do you think about it all day, or like overthink some, everything you share since May? Day, yes, there are some days where yes, it was ridiculous. Like, I, does I, it almost take away from your ability to work? Some days, there, yep. Some days it was. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's crazy, but um, I'll tell you know we'll again we'll have an episode about this, but these are just signs that I I see in myself. Um, becoming a no, no, no. Um, oh, 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 strong fear of rejection, criticism and abandonment. That's probably like huge one for me. And honestly, I don't really know where that comes from because I'd like to say that I had a really secure type of attachment growing up. My parents were very loving, but it's also not just about the loving and nurturing part of it. It's also about if your parents were in tune or attunement is something that we say, that they say with the attachment styles, if your parents are attuned with your feelings, which means if they knew how to respond when you were having difficult feelings as a kid, like if you were scared or worried, were your parents attuned with their own feelings? Did they, were they comfortable when you had feelings, right? Or were they uncomfortable with them? Oh my gosh. My parents were very uncomfortable. It like, pan, like it stressed, like when I would get hurt or something, my parents' response was always like, you're okay. It's okay. Because they Mine didn't want to deal with like me being hurt or like it was too much for them. So they just wanted to almost act like I wasn't hurt. Yeah. So they'd be like, you're okay. You're okay. Yes. Like my dad was always like, why are you crying? Like you're okay. But I was like significantly hurt. No, 100%. And and yeah. sometimes sometimes what I found is interesting is that um, I don't – going to just say my, 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 and this is honestly, you guys, this is not because it's your parents' fault that this was this way, right. by the way. They also probably had their own um, insecure attachment styles growing up with their parents. So that's kind of all they knew. But um, with my mom, that was very similar. But it was funny because I think physically when I felt a certain way, she was very, very nurturing and responsive. But emotionally, I don't think she knew what to do, which is probably yeah. why um, when I get really physically feeling not well and right now like even as an adult I still like want I think we all want our mom sometimes but I still feel like I I go to that so but yeah I don't think the attunement of really understanding emotions and how to help a small child through those that's your kid if you're not attuned to them I mean it's going to be really hard for that child not to feel like anxious within that when they grow up so Anyway, so yeah, um, strong desire for relationships and intimacy and a hard time being alone. So one thing that – so basically, I'm, not, I'm only going to talk about this for like five more minutes because I want to get into the social anxiety. But basically, you guys, I started getting really um, 
insecure about myself and about whatever is happening in this relationship on on Sunday because he has kids and he started talking a little bit about his children and about, you know, their life together, whatever, which he's done plenty of times. And it actually is so cute. Like I love hearing about it. But for some reason on Sunday, I just started feeling very much like I'm alone. Like I'm alone in this. He has a family. He had a, or he had, I mean, he does. He has kids. They're his family. I'm alone. I'm 40. I don't have kids. I've never been married. I've never had that. So it's like this pattern in my brain that creates this anxiety within me that has been there for like years, but I've really worked on myself about I feel alone again. I feel like I'm on this like island by myself. And so um, this like fear of being alone has popped up into my head again since I met him. And it's weird because And so I I openly expressed myself to him, you guys. I talked to him about all of this stuff, and he was so compassionate and sweet. And He's great, guys. He was emotional, and I love that. So, so nice. But for me, I even said to him, you know, before I met you, I was totally confident with my life. I knew everything I, I had in my life was very under control. My emotions were under control. I was totally content with being alone for the rest of my life if I had to. That's totally fine. I have people that love me in my life. I have family that are friends and I consider family. And my life is just great. You know, I feel so grateful and I still feel so grateful, but everything was really under control. And now, I have all these other new emotions and now I'm like, I don't want to be alone. And that's, I think, part of the anxious attachment is like meeting him again and like having this person near me. It like scares me to not. And it's not just you're like, you're like, I was so comfortable. And then I let you in into my already comfortable life. And my fear is you coming in, going Tasmanian devil in my life and then me being left vulnerable and I allowed yeah. you in and I hurt right. I allowed myself to get hurt when everything was great. And I'm like yeah. And then you know at least you have your kids. What do I have if I lose you? Right. That's just like the irrational thoughts going in my mind because hey, Izzy is hurt for you saying that. <laughs> oh my God. I mean I love Izzy, but honestly <laughs> I'm just saying what I actually do have I mean I have people that love me before right. I met. I mean I have family. I have it. And not like I wouldn't you know, I'd be able to find someone who knows, but so it was a little hard, but my, for you guys listening, if you're struggling in your relationships or if you feel like we'll talk more about anxious attachment and, um, it's also called preoccupied attachment because I guess you get preoccupied in your brain about like just feeling unworthy and not good enough for it and not knowing, you know, wanting that reassurance all the time, which isn't healthy. But to be honest, can I tell you what I heard today? Uh, this morning as I was ruminating in my brain about this at like six in the morning, because that's what happens when I just think about things all the time. I was going through Facebook and do you know who Russell Brand is? Yeah. Okay. So he used to date like Katy Perry and now he's he's British. He's some like motivational speaker now or something. What? I don't know. He's very spiritual. He like works on him. I think he's been sober for a long time. Uh, okay. He, yes. Yes. So Something literally popped up on my Facebook page, which makes me believe that our phones are listening to us all the time because it is literally like about how to not ruin a relationship. That's the title of it. I honestly think they probably – I'm telling you, our phones, I think, are 
because the only way that they would know that is because him and I's text back and forth. That's something. Uh, what about your Googling history? <laughs> yes, of course. But I, yeah, honestly, well, they're targeting you from that. No, yeah, no, I didn't Google. Anyway, so Russell Brand was just talking about how, and this made me like spring out of bed. And I was like, today's <laughs> going to be a good day. I'm not going to think about it because he said something about how we can't depend on other people for our happiness. Yeah. And so I think I've been putting so much of my emotions into this person creating my happiness. And I've never done that in my life. And I'm not a codependent person at all. And so I needed like this jolt in my brain of someone to just be like, and guess what? What healthy relationships are, are not depending on each other for happiness. Like you fit into each other's lives and you want to make each other happy, but you can't always be, that's what's doing it. Right. Me, the like, so I don't know. It just really resonated with me. And now I'm trying to come, come at it from a different perspective. But if you guys feel like um, you struggle within relationships, we're going to talk about the attachment style soon. And I'll keep updating you if you guys feel like you want it. If not, can you guys just please tell me? <laughs> Message the anxiety chicks on Instagram and say, Allie, can you stop talking about your No, your I, I think it's good when we really go boring. into I think it's good when we go into like our real lives because it shows like we're hu- we're human. We struggle with things. Like I never want any of my followers to ever think my life is perfect and that I've got it all together because I don't. Like just because I don't have panic attacks anymore does not mean I don't still struggle with things, you know? And oh so God. like I never want anyone to ever think that like I don't struggle with things. But speaking of Google history, um, I need help because I just pulled up my Safari tab on my computer and I hate myself for what I did. I went down a rabbit hole, guys. Um, there's five tabs um, on allergy symptoms. Uh, can sudden change in weather affect your health? Uh, can sudden change in weather cause symptoms? <laughs> Clearly, guys. Is this what you Googled? These are what? five Google tabs this morning. Oh my gosh, Taylor. I'm I'm exiting out. I know, I know, I know, I know. I went down the rabbit hole. I did what I tell people I, not to do. Okay, but you can't undo that information in your brain. I know. It's okay. there. Stop Googling. Okay. okay. Taylor, I you have to a good I promise, example. I, promise. Good I know. Example I know. For our listen, I'm not perfect, guys. I'm not perfect. I know. Believe me. Don't worry. I did that with you. Remember? I texted you about something. Oh, right, right, right. I texted like two <laughs> people I trusted and knew about something I was going through physically. I will not think about But She's I went to urgent. I went to urgent care when I probably didn't even need to. Let's just say that. So I get it. I get it. Hey, Girl. I didn't go to the doctor, so I'm good. Anyways, so let's talk about social anxiety. Oh wow, something that I have masked with being outgoing my whole life. Right, me too. Literally. And do you know what else I've masked social anxiety with? Alcohol. Yeah. When I was like yeah. in my twenties. Do you also want to know what I masked it with? Um, ADHD medicine. Interesting. Yeah. So when did you know, when did you, did you always know that you struggled? Well, wait, so you do struggle with social anxiety. For sure. Yeah. And so do I. And I don't even think I, I didn't even think I did until just recently. And now I, I can, but so when did you kind of figure it out? Um, 
So I didn't know what it was. Like I didn't know what social anxiety was. I just know that I always felt like I think it ties in with me to the perfectionism. It when I would get in crowds, like I feel like I didn't just let conversations flow, like how normal people should just talk. I put so much pressure into it being the perfect conversation and like making sure I was entertaining everyone and just focusing so much on the conversation that it led to like so much anxiety. I didn't even realize I was putting into it. And then like, so when I was a kid, I had an issue answering the door, the front door for like even the pizza delivery guy. I couldn't even call like Domino's and order a pizza. I couldn't even talk on the phone. Oh, like wow. I could okay. not answer the phone, but I didn't know that was a weird thing. Cause I was such an outgoing kid. Like I was always the like one cracking jokes and like, but that was all a mask for like how I truly felt. Like I definitely felt internally like you have to do this like you have to make the jokes you can't be in silence with people like it but if you ask like all my friends growing up like they would say I'm so outgoing I'm funny I'm a jokester but like (laughs) internally back thinking back it was like it was a you have to be that way yep yeah I I really just wanted to be alone right and I didn't want to socialize well, so but, but I, actually, when I was a kid, I, I didn't want to just be alone and not socialize. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. I also, um, I also have figured out that I come from a very loud family. Um, Same. We're Italians and Same. <laughs> very loud, and all my family's loud. And just by nature, everyone talks over each other. <laughs> yes, everyone just talks over each other. Okay. Um, I feel like that's like not a stereotype. It like seriously happens in my family. It's a real but, thing. <laughs> um, and so, but but for me, I didn't, I I didn't know what to do with that because I am not like that. I'm actually more, like I'm actually more shy person when it comes to certain topics and stuff like that. And so, a lot of times growing up, I felt like I couldn't even. I couldn't even speak. Like I couldn't even get a word in because everyone was talking over each other all the time. And so that's sort of a trigger for me now whenever I go into a place and there's a lot of people just talking over each other. Not not as much like a party. Like I can go to parties and stuff, but if I'm in a conversation and there's so many people interrupting each other, that's like such a trigger for me. And when I get interrupted, that's a trigger for me too. So I think like feeling like socially wanting to express myself, but feeling like I, I couldn't because I was nervous already that no one would really be hearing me. Like I didn't really feel heard when I was younger because so many people talked over me a lot. So I think that already made me go into my shell. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. 
Download the new Bumble now. Did your mom ever tell you how you were as a kid? You mean like in social situations? Yeah, like like how how did you act in like – like before you could comprehend or like make a decision, you know, like before you could be like, I'm feeling anxious, like just how you were like even as a baby. Did your mom ever – yeah, I was – I think I was always, you know, sort of like, hi, how are you? Like I was I was engaging. I think I was an engineer. You were, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I, I observed. I didn't oh, speak. Did. I just watched people. Oh, okay. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Right. Well, so that's – I mean, what do you think that's that's connected to? I just think that like that was me being the introvert I've always been like meant to be. Yeah. I think that's how I truly wanted to be is I just wanted to listen. Yeah. But then I felt like I had to be like in, I remember in middle school, I, I had to take choir. <laughs> I don't sing guys. Um, uh-huh. I had to take choir as like an elective. Cause it was like either theater <laughs> band or choir. I don't know why. That's so weird. They do that to kids too. Like what if you are an introvert and you really don't want to be in theater band or choir? Like I don't want to be the center anyways. Um, but I was a jokester and the teacher literally was like, I, Taylor, I will pay you $5 to shut up. And like the whole class laughed. Like, and I got like, I got ins in conduct. Like I had to run sprints in basketball because I like my, my, my conduct was bad because I just was a jokester, but like, that's not truly how I am. Oh my gosh. So So, weird. Well, I also do want to say that we're talking about social anxiety today, but I want to make sure that y'all know we're not necessarily talking about it from a clinical perspective. So so anxiety disorder is definitely an anxiety disorder in the DSM, but we're not talking clinical right now. We're not talking, we're not diagnosing anybody. We're not treating anyone. We're not selling you, you have it. So we just want everyone to know we're really just talking about our own experiences with, with we're not talking about like every specific criteria or anything. Um, but if you do have questions, you can always DM me at the anxiety healer and I can help you. But so, okay. So where, where are you now with your like anxiety and social situations? I would say, um, when I first got diagnosed with panic disorder and health anxiety is when it really came to a head because that's when I quit. So I got put on ADHD medication, um, which I think I got put on the medicine for my mask character. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. That mask covering the like insecure, shy girl, that outgoing person got put on ADHD medicine because they thought I needed it anyways. And I wow. wanted to be on it because I am a perfectionist and I saw one of my friends get on it and she just started crushing it in school. And I was like, ooh, something that can make me more focused and do better. And I think I tried it. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think I tried my friends, which is very illegal, and you shouldn't yeah, do that. Don't, don't and do that. I felt like Superman. And so wow. when I started, when I got prescribed, it made me this, it made social situations so easy. It's weird, Allison. Like it made me almost narcissistic. Wow. My mom even says that she's wow. like, when you were, she was like, when you were on that stuff, like you thought you were God's gift to earth. 
which like we all are, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I thought I was literally the only, the one in a million. Like, I thought I was so smart. Like, you're dumb. Like, I'm just so smart. I'm so popular. Like, literally was so full of myself. Like, I hate, I don't hate that person because that person taught me a lot, but like, I hate that I went through that. So anyways, I was on uh, ADHD medication till I got those extreme panic attacks. So then right when I got the panic disorder, when it came to a head and my body was like sick of me abusing it, um, is when I, uh, I, I also think I struggled with disorder eating because I wanted to like minimize myself. Like I didn't want to be like, I wanted to minimize the space I was taking as weird as it's all, it all connects. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So when I got off the ADHD medicine, I was just like, whoa, this is me. Like, this is who I really am. Like not medicated. Um, and that's sometimes why a lot of people message me and be like, do you take medication? Like, are you, I had a lot of issues in the past with, med- with medication. So it just isn't for me. And if it's not for you, like, that's okay. Not everyone's healing journey has to have medication. But if you do take medication, that's okay too. Like, I love all people. Whatever anyway. helps. That's all Whatever I Whatever helps. Whatever like, helps for you. me. For me, I couldn't jump from ADHD medication to another medication because I had such a bad taste in my mouth about what it did to me. Because I remember opening my eyes and being like, who have I been like the last couple of years? And so coming to terms with who I really was, I was like, none of these friends are like me. None of the people I've been surrounding myself are me. I was always acting like someone else because I didn't even allow myself to explore who I was, which was truly this person who is not a wild party animal who wants to be out like the joke cracker. Like, yeah, I like cracking jokes, but like, I honestly prefer a friend group of two people or one. I would prefer just one good friend than 15. I would prefer staying at home than the party. I would prefer, uh, you know, like I just, I really realized what do you really want Taylor? Like, I remember asking myself, like, what do you really like? And I remember not even being able to answer that question. Wow. I couldn't because I had been living this life that I don't even know, I guess the perfectionists and just having perfectionism and social anxiety, I think together is really hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Totally. I mean, you think about, if you think, if you're listening to this and you're, you know, nodding your head, you're like, yeah, so social anxiety. (laughs) I know you are. You're like listening. You're like nodding, nodding. Well, well, probably because- you're going over all of the thoughts you have in your mind as soon as right. you walk into the room, as soon yeah. as you walk into some type of social situation, whatever it is, wherever there's other people around, with you, when you, if you struggle with social anxiety, the thoughts that you're going to have are very intrusive and usually so, have to do with oh people judging you. Are they yeah. looking at me? Oh my gosh, do I look stupid in what I'm wearing? Um, am I going to be, am I going to say the right thing? What if I say something so stupid? What if there's like a silence and people are just like thinking that I'm an idiot? These are the ones that I have. I don't know. Yes. I have the same ones. And I, and struggling with acne and having that and being a perfectionist is the worst because I think I would crack jokes or like be funny because in my head I was distracting people from looking at my face. And like, I always remember like looking at people's eyes when I would walk into rooms and being like, are they staring? Like I saw them look at my zit, like they're judging me or like just everything. Like it's like, I think sometimes that was the hardest part of hanging out with people too, is because I would overanalyze body language so much that like one wrong move, I'm like, they're laughing at me. 
Like they they don't they don't really like me. I'm being so annoying. Like I'm so annoying right now. And yeah. then just being like, I'd rather go home. Right. You feel oh. that? Oh my God, totally. And on another on another level for me, now part of part of my anxiety and social situations has to do with my IBS issues too. Right. So like I go somewhere and I'm like, great, you know, what am I gonna do if I have to go to the bathroom? Or what if I start feeling sick or um, oh my gosh, you know, what, there's certain foods here. Can I eat them? I don't know if I can eat them. Um, if I do have something, you know, am I going to feel sick after that? And then what, who do I tell if I need to leave? It's like a whole nother layer of social anxiety. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, fearing that you can't escape from something. So, right. um, I've, you know, a lot of, the, I think that's why we talk about the thoughts, right? cognitive behavioral therapy has been so effective for me because every single thought I just said is very irrational in the sense that Mm -hmm. I have no idea what's going to happen. But if I ever, one, need to leave something, leave a party or I'm feeling sick, like I can, it's really not a big deal. And if anyone says anything about it, then why does it matter? Like, why does it matter? Right. And so all those other judgments that I'm perceiving other people to have of me are really just judgments I'm having about myself. Right. Same, same. And the best advice I'd ever heard is you might be so worried about what other people are thinking when other people are so worried about themselves. Yes. That we're all, we're all just so worried about. Yeah. We're all, I think think everyone, especially in today's society with social media, I think everyone has a sense of like, I'm not perfect because social media is this image of what perfect is, isn't attainable. And I think that a lot of people today feel that way and the social anxiety is getting worse and what makes you why do you think that the social anxiety is getting like again that's not like a scientific thing it's just something no it's not it's it's an opinion i i feel like we all um are just constantly exposed i mean you go on your explore page on social media and you're like this girl's perfect. This girl's perfect. This girl's perfect. She has this. She has this. So you're going through all of this, but no one, like, I encourage you guys to go sit at like a park bench and like look around. And how many of those women do you see in your day-to-day life? Oh yeah. Probably one naturally pretty girl. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's this weird, like these editing apps, these filters, these, uh, and, and I've even heard of people comparing themselves to a filtered picture of themselves and then beating themselves up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's like, we all are starting to like enter this world of like altered like reality to where like, we all are going to be hating ourselves. I feel like, because we have this image that we see in like a filtered post and we're like, Oh, I really like that. How that looks. Yeah. Like this filter. I like that. But it's like, that's not attainable. Like having pores is normal. Having a zit is normal. It happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, right. So, so part of the judgments that we have about ourselves are very related to feeling unworthy or lack of love for ourselves, which is why, you know, we talk so much about how to incorporate self-love into your life every single day. And it's a practice. It's not something you just, you know, he told you guys before of a workbook that I love, Love Yourself, Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. I've said it like on another episode. You know, do that book. You know, I always say, 
try that workbook. There's another book that goes with it. I love it. But it's not like you're going to do a couple chapters of that book and like, I love myself now. Bye. You know, no more. I don't need to do that anymore. Literally, it's every day you're going to have to work on loving yourself until you're not around anymore. But um, I I just found something actually I thought was interesting. So social anxiety is also known as social phobia. And can be triggered by a variety of situations. I'm just going to read some of the situations that they say that cause some social phobia. Using public restrooms, entering a room filled with people, eating in front of someone else. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That uh-huh. I didn't realize was a part of social anxiety. I had that my whole life. Yeah, My whole life. I, I was like, what if I'm chewing this weird or like a piece of salad falls out of my mouth? When I eat that by myself, it feels normal. But when I eat salads or like any type of food that's a little more messy in front of people, I feel like I'm being a pig and that like everything all over me and like it's – I'm telling wow. you, all these thoughts start going. Um, going Just going to work because that's in a social environment, right? Going to work, starting a new conversation. That's a huge one for people if they do go places that they don't know a lot of people um dating obviously talked a little bit about that earlier um going to a party making eye contact with someone is scary hate for it. people hate it i'm like don't, um, just don't look at me. like let's no let's me too <laughs> me too oh believe me as many like dating experts have told me you know all you need to do is look a guy in the eye for three seconds and you'll know if you're attracted to him i'm like i don't think i've ever done that or i could in my life when i'm trying to flirt like i'm the worst <laughs> Um, speaking in public or giving a speech to a large group of people and talking to strangers, which is interesting because you said about the pizza, like getting pizza, like so many people have a fear of, you know, calling a pizza plate or ordering food or like talking to like strangers about that. And Um, it's like when you really think about the rational part of that, it's like his job is to answer phone calls from people placing orders. It is what I'm doing is a normal thing, but it's like. It's almost like when I used to like answer the phone or like have to call places, I would like black out. And like same thing with public speaking. Oh it's God. like I didn't know how to move my lips anymore. It was really? like, my name is the like, – that's literally how my brain would go. No. It, that, I mean that's what that's what happens because you're just so – you want – again, you want to say like the right th- – you think if you don't say the right thing or whatever happens, you're going to feel like a, an idiot or you're going to feel right, – you know what right. I mean? Um, but yeah, so I mean, it really is. There's a really intense fear that can happen in social situations, and I t- I totally get it. And I think that's why going back to talking a little bit about cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, those thoughts are so intrusive, and um, without being able to kind of reframe the way that you think, you I don't even think you can give yourself a chance to recognize when you actually have fun, because <laughs> right. these situations can right. be fun for a lot of people, but they. There's not fun when you're scared of it all the oh, time. When you're, you're when your mind's so consumed with every thought. It's Seriously. a constant thought. And you know what I was just thinking about? Like our pages, our Instagrams. Um that was a huge step that I took starting that. But when I started it, this is how I started it. Just I didn't show my face. I didn't show me Like I started it just as like, I never want anyone else to feel alone in their anxiety. So I'm like going to start this page and like, whatever, like no one will ever know I have it. So then when like friends and people and like family and everyone started getting involved and following me, it was almost like I shut down. 
like showing myself because I did start showing myself. And then like, I felt like I could be super vulnerable and like, I felt comfortable. And then when like people I know started following me, I was like, I cut back. I noticed like, without even thinking about it, I cut back on showing myself or like showing my vulnerabilities because I was like, oh my God, they're going to judge me. They're going to talk about me with everyone. This is so weird. I'm doing this. Like everyone's judging me. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm doing something so awesome for people. And that if that's like, if they don't want to be my friend or think I'm weird from that, then like, so that was like a huge step for me. That was like, you just totally gave an example of how you reframed your brain. Yeah. What did you tell yourself again? Say it again. I was like, if they think I'm weird and like, want to talk about me, then those people aren't worth my time. Or do I want to be friends with them and work? I think my whole life, another thing I did is I worked so hard to fit in places I didn't belong. Yes, me too. And have people like me. I wanted people to like me so bad. I hate anyone not liking me. Yeah, me too. I like I will I will do anything. I will even change my views in some situations. I'm the biggest chameleon. Mm. I will be like like not like change my views, but I'll be like I'll agree with something like I do not agree with and I will walk away from the conversation and be like why can't I just say how I feel? Yeah, why can't you? Because but those people aren't like but in the in the end of it like end of the conversation like those are not the people I surround myself with like I've gotten to the point where I used to have a group of like 15 girls and like I love all of them but like on an emotional level and on like a everyday how I want to live my life level there's like two I'm like super close with now and like I've come to like you I've come to learn that like I don't need a big group of friends like I don't need to like I remember thinking like, oh, it'll be so cool when I'm an adult and I can throw all these parties and like house parties and we can have like football Sunday, like I'll make all the appetizers and like, that's not me. It's like, I don't need to fit in places. I don't, I know that I don't need to fit in places where I have to remove a part of myself to fit. 100%. I I used to be the same way. Like I was talking about my twenties and when I was your age, um, (laughs) I used to, you know, I masked a lot of my insecurities with alcohol and I would, um, I mean, forget it when I was out at a bar, like you would never see me going up and talking to a guy or feeling comfortable even talking to them if they came to talk to me without at least like two drinks or something I needed. I mean, I was so insecure about myself. Um, I had, uh, you know, so much more social anxiety back then as far as feeling like I fit in with the group of people that I was hanging out with. A lot of different environments that I know now at the ripe old age of 40 that I, <laughs> that I, they're not my people. Like those are not the activities I actually enjoy. Like you're, the okay. thing you said about the football stuff, like I used to do that all the time. I actually don't even People are going to hate me if you're from Philly. Believe me, I love the Eagles. Philly is number one. But I used to be like, diehard Eagles. Oh my God, is the game on today? I got to watch it. I can't miss it. Are we going to a game? Like, I don't even really watch a full game anymore. Sorry. <laughs> it's just not like a priority for me. And those environments give me like, even like sports bars where it's very loud and hot, like rowdy. I hate it's it. Not my scene. It's just not I my scene. I hate it. It can be fun every now and then, but it's just not my scene anymore. Allison, um, what about what about the guy that like you thought was your soulmate and like how you woke up like recently and you were like, oh my gosh, you're like, I'm nothing like him. Who? Which guy the was one, this? The one that you like, y'all were so much alike or you thought you were so much alike. Oh, you mean my guy friend. Oh my God, you're right. Yes. 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 And how totally. you woke up and you're like, oh my gosh, if we were married, that is- like. 
Well, first of all, can I just say that I love that I didn't know who you were talking about? I mean, talk about really being over someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I was like, did you remember? <laughs> I was like, oh, that guy for 10 years? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That is 1,000%. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You were and- like, didn't you like – Y'all were at a concert and you like were like, what am I even doing? Like, yes, this isn't even the life I want to live. Anyways, yes. the point is, is like always trying to fit in spots. Okay. So when I got extreme panic disorder, I would say I cut off every, I was, I was the definition of if I had a funeral, who would come? That's how I felt. Oh when God. I got to that point, because I cut everyone off because I was like, I, I had the realization that like. These people are not my. Ooh, that yep. phone drop. Um, I had the realization that these people. Oh my gosh. Okay, I had the realization. Sorry, guys. That technical people. Technical difficulties. My phone dropped, guys. Um, that these people don't fit in my life. I'm removing parts of me to fit in with them, and it was too much. It was too exhausting. Always trying to fit in. So I removed everyone, and a lot of people ask me how I did that, and I just did it. That's how I did it. I, I did it. I was severely depressed. I felt like a loser. I felt like I had no friends. I felt like, I felt like, oh my gosh, the amount of energy and time I spent um, on friendships and just like hanging out with people, it's like it never happened. I remember feeling that way. And a lot of people feel this way with uh, dating someone for a long time and knowing it's not right. They think of all the energy, all the time. It's like, yeah. if I get out of it, then I've wasted that time. You didn't waste that time. I want to tell you that right now. That time was all about learning. And what I learned from what I went through is that I cannot remove a piece of myself to fit somewhere that I don't belong. And that's my learning experience. And so now I can live my life fitting in. It, you, I can comfortably talk about my anxiety with my friends, my, my two friends <laughs> that I really like. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I actually got to the point where I was able. Sorry. No, I got to the point where I was able to share my Instagram with all of those girls, the whole group text of the 15 girls. I've actually had guys, I've had like six of them. They would never tell each other, or we would never talk about it in a group setting. Individually text me throughout the year, the last year about how bad they're struggling. See? So it's like, we're, we're not the only ones in the group of like people trying to fit in with each other. Like what if we were all trying to fit in with each other and we all just really wanted to be ourselves? It's so, it's so sad, you know, it's like, that's where the talk of mental health and how we're truly feeling and having the ability to do that with your real friends comes in such handy. I mean, yeah, you get, listen, I always say that I am so grateful at this point in my life to have the self-awareness I have about, about who I am and to really, really feel and believe that I love who I am and right. where I'm at. Even right. even the stuff, even the flaws. I know I have them. Yeah. I know um, all the things that I struggle with, but I still love those parts of me because it makes me who I am. Right. And it takes a lot of work every day. Oh, yeah. And it takes a lot of heartache sometimes. But really, self-love is where everything starts, you guys. So I feel like – and and honestly, I think that's so good that you've been able to kind of identify the people that you know are safe to be around because that something actually with the man was texting. We were texting each other and we both kind of have this understanding that a relationship that's healthy and, you know, obviously communication is so important, but like, do you feel safe with your person? 
Yeah. Like, do you feel safe? And when I say safe, I don't mean like hopefully they don't hit you or something. And if they do, please get out of it. But, um, you know, are you? do you feel safe with your emotions when you're with them? Mm-hmm. Right? Can like, you say you're not okay and that yeah. be okay? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Can you show your emotion? Can you, can you cry sometimes if you feel like you want to and they find compassion for you and they nurture Oxen, you? You're speaking to yourself. I know. <laughs> See, that she I was can. telling me about this. Yeah. Like she, she is able to do this. Allison is able to do this. And, I, and without even knowing anything else about this guy, I just know he's a good guy. Just from that. Like that is a good guy. A good guy is someone who you're not because I have people message me all the time. Who will they say this? Who I'm going to be lonely forever. Who will ever love me for my anxiety? And I'm like a good guy. A good yes. guy. A good guy. And we're out there. Who you are? And good women too. For men listening. Yes. Sorry. I'm biased. <laughs> sorry. Primarily women listen, but uh, there are there are good men and good women out there. Yeah. So please don't give up if don't, you know no. you're listening to this and you feel like you know you haven't kiss that frog. Like imagine if Allison settled with that other guy, the guy she thought she was in love with. (laughs) I mean, I think my, the shell of who I was, was really in love, but that's not, that's not really, you know, you, you figure it out. But again, I do not regret anything because I think it brought me to where I am. So, um, you know, and, and here's another thing about social anxiety and that guy. He actually, at that point in my life, made me feel so much more comfortable in social situations because he was like gregarious and loud and the life of the party. So I never really needed to be on. I didn't need to really do much when he was around. He would just be the one getting everyone's attention and the funny guy. And I was like, oh, good. I can like fade into the background. Like I don't really need to do anything when he's around. Wow. So I think that was like comforting for me because I was so insecure socially and just working on everything all the time, but figuring out that um, I'm okay with who I am in any situation. Yeah. I don't care who's around me. Like I can go – like after this, it's so nice and I might go to dinner by myself and just like maybe talk to a couple people. Who knows? I mean before, ask me to go anywhere alone. Are you kidding me? In a social place? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Have a list of bullet points that I need to talk about with people. <laughs> so I mean, like intro, um, intro icebreakers in phone no, notes. <laughs> no, like silence is like nails on a chalkboard to me. If there Same. was any silence. Same. But now I'm actually getting comfortable with silence. Yeah. That that is one thing too about about the man. Like just like in silence, just like watching TV. It's like the best feeling. I love it. You're like, I can do oh. this. Yeah. So <laughs> But um, anyway, so I know we talked a lot about our own personal experience with social anxiety. Um, we can get deeper into it if you guys want. Let us know. But yeah, I think just, we'll get an expert if we if y'all want it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I think we should because there's so much more that we can talk about on how to really like heal from it. You know, I mentioned CBT, but that's not the only modality for anyone. But if anyone feels debilitated by some of the intrusive thoughts and they're avoiding a lot of social situations, um, definitely I would say talk to a professional if like it's, it's running your life and it's really debilitating because you don't want to live like that. Yeah. Yeah. You deserve to live too. Yeah. My healing tip would be of this week. Um, 
for anyone that has really debilitating like social phobia, this might be like I this forget that, you know. But if you've been working on it and you're feeling like maybe working with a therapist and you're kind of trying to get outside your comfort zone, that's another thing, you guys. Um do what I'm doing tonight. Go somewhere alone. I think I might actually have been a healing tip a couple episodes ago, and I'm saying it again because if you haven't done it yet, do things by yourself. Wait, okay? I've got one. I've got okay. one too. Go ahead. I want you all to look at who you're friends with, who you spend your energy with, and anyone that you feel you remove a part or keep a part of yourself quiet to fit, remove them. Might oh. take time. Boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah. You guys. It will be the most liberating thing once you finally allow yourself to be friends with who you truly want to be friends with and not just because they're cool. I have um, in my upcoming seven-day anxiety healing challenge at the anxietyhealingschool.com go, uh, I dedicate actually two days to boundaries. One day is specifically about boundaries in your relationships, friends, family. The other day is actually setting boundaries with social media, which is great and still also has to do with the people that you're connected to on social media. So two days dedicated to boundaries because that's how important it is. Uh, So everyone go to the anxietyhealingschool.com and please join me December 7th. The seven-day anxiety healing challenge starts the winter session. I'm so excited about the winter session. You know why? Why? I'm including a bonus uh, healing holiday anxiety lesson. Ooh, I love that because I think the holidays bring a lot of – it can trigger a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. So talk about awesome. boun- Talk about boundaries. I mean like – Yeah. <laughs> that's really when you need the work. So um, – And speaking of the holidays, you can uh, – if you know someone who struggles with anxiety, get them the the new anxiety toolkit that comes with like all the starter kit stuff I'd say. That'd be Maybe such we a good do a gift. giveaway together. Together, like the course, oh, totally. With the toolkit. Yes. Yeah, we I wanna... yeah. And follow at the Anxiety Chicks because we do do giveaways. So yeah, we're gonna do more giveaways. But yeah. I feel like that toolkit is such a good, um, such a good Christmas gift. Or well, I celebrate yeah. Christmas I holiday. Mean, even the courses, you could like print it out, wrap it up. Oh, you for, guys, you can one hundred percent gifted. I've done that m- multiple times. Do you have like a gift card? Um, so what'll happen is basically I'll give them a code. Okay. Anyway, you guys can message me if you want to get it, get a gift for the yeah. courses. Yeah. Could just and her is the anxietyhealingschool.com. Anxietyhealingschool.com. Yes. And mine is peakofpanic.com. So yes, I love it. So yeah. just check those things out. And you guys, please, we didn't say this in the beginning and I totally forgot, but I usually say it. Please rate and review and subscribe if you enjoying this. We really just want to end the stigma of mental health. And we're trying to get this podcast out there as much as possible just to talk about the realities of life, talk about how even experts, quote unquote, in the field can also be human and struggle with yeah. their own anxiety and their own mental health. So um, keeping it real, but we appreciate you guys listening today and we love you so much and we will see you next week. Yes. We appreciate y'all's feedback more than you'll know. So see you guys next week. Bye. Hi healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the anxiety chicks with Taylor and I, as always, you can find us on Instagram 
You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as Health underscore Anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them, all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.